Welcome to The Edge. It's time for Out on the Edge Radio with Dave Bearer. And now, here's your host, Dave Bearer. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Out on the Edge Radio with Dave Bearer. I'm your host, Dave Bearer. I'm here today. We're going to have conspiracy updates. It's been a couple weeks since I've done a show, so we're going to have a conspiracy update here real soon from my brother, Mike. Um, there are a couple things I want to do. First of all, really just one thing. I want to give a shout out to um, a very special person whose initials are EL. This person um, is struggling a lot right now with a lot of issues. And if you're a praying person, please send some prayers their way. They can use them. And, um, you know, just I wanted to throw that out there to to the the audience. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you're uh, if you're listening uh, replaying this a week or a month or even a year down the road, you can send out that prayer because that power um, is not bound by time. So I wanted to uh, throw that out there and let's uh, wish this person the best. So we're going to get into the conspiracy update with Mike Barra. Mike, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Um, it's been a crazy 24 hours, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's going on? Excuse me while I clear my throat again. What's going on in the conspiracy world? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that, excuse me, now you got me doing it. I think the biggest thing happening right now is the, um, the event from the debate last night, which is that it appears that Joe Biden was using multiple technological methods to cheat in the debate, to get to get uh, information into his ear, yep. to read information off of a teleprompter, um, and, and you know it's uh, despite what the fact checkers say, it, it it looks to me like it's absolutely <clears throat> been um, nailed down that yeah. he was definitely using a wire yeah. that was going into one or both of his ears. Um, on probably on the left side, you can plainly see the wire when he reaches into adjust his shirt. He moves the wire around. It's obviously bothering him, and then there's a crease in his shirt underneath which is the wire. Yeah. We've actually determined exactly what product it is. He also has a microphone pickup on his right. left wrist, right. which is part of the assembly. So when he would turn and pretend to cough into his hand, he could have spoken into that and asked for something <clears throat> specific. And then everybody noticed how completely uh, black and hugely dilated his eyes appeared to be during right. the debate. Right. And uh, a lot of people chalked that, uh, chalked that up to uh, Adderall or Namenda or some other drug he might have been on to keep him cognitively sharp. But right. there were other people who said, hey, look, there is basically heads-up display technology that is available on um, – it's available on – of contact lenses now, and right. and what the, the one effect that they have is they make your eyes look bigger and darker, exactly like his <clears throat> eyes looked. And then connected with another thing, which is that during the debate, and of course we can talk about the debate if you want to, but during the debate, what I noticed is when he would look directly into the camera and address the American people, he wasn't looking at the camera. Right. He was looking just <clears throat> above the camera, and um, then it was revealed that there was, uh, there's a picture that I've got from the end of the debate last night where there's a big teleprompter screen. There's a monitor. Computer screen, a a monitor monitor above the camera to the left of of Chris Wallace, who was the alleged moderator, even though he, of course, was totally in the tank for Joe Biden. 
Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, he's reading off that. And then you figured out just now that that and I thought, well, why didn't Trump make a big deal out of that? It's because, as you pointed out, that the only way you could read the text of right. what Biden was supposed to say is if you were wearing the court, his yeah. specifically his the, specific the contact, contact lens. lens technology. Yep. And Trump didn't have that because he wasn't a cheater. Right. So he would look at the monitor and just see nothing, whereas Biden would look up there and be able to read directly off of it. There's an only lot. because he had those contact lenses. There's an awful lot, too, if you watch Trump. He seems to be looking at that thing an awful lot to his right. And down yeah, like, to the right was not where was not where uh, he would normally be looking. Biden was to his left, and Wallace was a little less to his left, sort of in the middle. The podiums were arranged really oddly, I thought. It was arranged so that Biden could read off of the monitor up yeah. above. And yeah, that what that indicates is that <clears throat> Trump could tell. Uh, Trump knew that there was something wrong. He knew that he was reading off the monitor, but he uh, evidently couldn't figure out how they were doing it, and that's yeah. how they were doing it. Yeah. And they're busted. I mean... You know, oh, fact check. No, he was he was wearing a rosary on his left wrist. It's not a rosary. It's, it's a, a microphone, microphone pickup. Yeah. It's obvious what yeah, it is. And, and it's obvious there's wires under his shirt. And it's directly connected to this specific product by a company called uh, Sabox, I believe. Sabox, yeah. Well, the thing is, Mike, you know, they had this technology. I remember in 1984, you and I went, and our friend Steve Christensen, we went to, um, was it, it was a school in, in Seattle somewhere where George... Herbert Walker Bush, the vice president at the time, was speaking. I remember that. And as we went in, the Secret Service guys would talk to you. And there were guys that were obviously the, hi, I'm the Secret Service guy. And then there were other guys whose you know, eyes never stopped moving. And those were the real undercover things. But these guys would constantly, uh, when they would talk to you, and then they'd turn away and they'd talk into their hands. Because mm -hmm. they had one of these microphones. On their wrist. On their wrist. Mm -hmm. And this technology, so it existed in 1984. 30 years ago. The yeah. corona, 30, the, over, the, the eye contact overlay stuff is probably more recent. Mm -hmm. But I, I threw that into what I, I threw it, that into my novel. It came out in 24, it came out in 2014. Yeah, to the, the public. That they found to the yeah. public, which means they have far more advanced stuff behind the scenes. Yes, so that's exactly how they did it. Only Joe Biden could read the teleprompter information right. on that screen. And that's right. exactly what he did. They... They shot him up with drugs, Adderall and Amenda, to keep yeah. to make him mentally sharper. And then they had him read off of a teleprompter and and also gave him cues into his ear when Trump probably would would hammer him on something. Yeah. So yeah. And and despite all of that, <clears throat> so lost. Um, despite all of that, my my breakdown of the debate was Trump won, Chris Wallace finished second, and Joe Biden came in <laughs> yeah. third. Yeah. It was so the Wallace campaign had a fairly good night. Um, yeah, ridiculous. The whole thing was just absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? It's it's very I think it's very indicative of what's going on in this year. And that is that the old institutions are being torn down and yep. the media is not exposed. Yeah. The media is an institution. And I think it's going to be exposed after the election. I think that a lot of this stuff's going to be going to be put out there and people are never again going to be um, taken for fools, because they're, they're never going to be easily manipulated exists. again. Yeah, right, right. So that, yeah, that was obviously something that was very big. Uh, also, earlier this week, uh, Vincent Fusca, a man a lot of people think um, is John, John F. F. Kennedy, Kennedy Jr. Is, they think he's John F. Kennedy Jr., but also a lot of the Q people, um, 
you know, also possibly thinks that possibly he could be a stand-in or that maybe JFK Jr. just becomes the identity yeah, of Vincent Fusca at times, yes. Another context you've had have said there are actually three or four people that play Vincent play Vincent. So he was in a he was in an accident earlier this week. Why don't you, why don't you tell us about that? Well, of course, if you know the theory of of this, you know, um, John F. Kennedy Jr. as Vincent Fusca was at the Trump rally on Thursday night in Pennsylvania. He lives in Pennsylvania. A. Vincent Fusca lives in Pennsylvania. Right. And that's what we know about it. Um, and he attended the Trump rally, and that, I believe, absolutely was John F. Kennedy Jr. That when you see him in the stands behind Donald Trump, right. he's John F. That's, that's John F. Kennedy Jr. playing yeah. Vincent Fusca. And it's really interesting, because if you look at the Gunner's Wife videos that she's put out of lip-reading the conversations... You know the woman who uh, who is Car- you know Carolyn Bissett Kennedy at age fifty nine or sixty um, is sitting there having a chat with a guy who's obviously a Secret Service agent. And right. She says yes, he's going to be playing Vincent Fusca yeah. here and in Ohio, and we might go to Florida and maybe Georgia as Vincent Fusca. So it, yeah. she's openly discussing it, and the lip reading was was per- so that's yeah. what was going on. So then there was some other activity on Sunday. In Pennsylvania, and and Vincent Fusca drives a very um, the, the Trump mobile, the Trump mobile, a very yeah. very it's a it's a van, specially modified van with Trump all over it. Trump twenty twenty used to be Trump twenty sixteen, and it turns out that he did this a lot of with a guy named Dave, um, who's a friend of one of the Vincent Fuscas, and um, and, and has dr- drove around with him a whole bunch of times in the Trump mobile right. during the twenty sixteen campaign and knows him very well. So what happened was is is the Trumpmobile was basically attacked. There was a four car accident, which almost never happens. Yeah, that's pretty. And we haven't at seen at an intersection. At an right? intersection, and we have not seen any video. And again, this is a this is a way that they attempted to assassinate Trump in the past. There's yes. been a couple attacks on his motorcade when yeah. he's been traveling in the United States. There was an assassination attempt on um, Vladimir Putin in, in Moscow, Moscow using a using yeah. an attack like this where they can just take over the car remotely and drive it into the limousine and try to kill the guy. But the Trumpmobile has a lot of special reinforcement. If you look at the wreck, it's got hit really hard, but the car is basically intact and the cabin is, yeah, is, is basically intact. intact. Yeah. And uh, according to the, the source that I have, Vincent, you know, as soon as the accident happened, got on the phone, called him first, told him what had happened, went to the hospital. According to my source, he was uh, shaken up and had a broken thumb. But other than that, he was OK. Now, the question is, is that a Vincent Fusca? Is it the Vincent Fusca? Does this source know the JFK Jr. Vincent Fusca? Does he know another Vincent Fusca? I, yeah. I tend to think that. John F. Kennedy Jr. has been living under the the guise of Vincent Fusca for the last 20 years, and and that these other guys are just imposters. But I was also told from one of my contacts that the guy in the van was not the JFK Jr. Vincent Fusca. He was another one. And this was all planned, and they knew they were going to try this, and they were basically, it was a setup to catch the assassins, and that they were caught. That doesn't really quite jive with me because I've seen the guy in the pictures with my contact, and that yeah. appears to be the JFK Jr. Vincent Fusca. So hmm. I, yeah, I but, tend to not. I kind of doubt my source on that one, although she's impeccable. But I'm not sure she's getting the right information. The, uh, on this one. the guy I've seen interviewed is definitely not JFK Jr. Yeah, he has he has certainly has a heavier 
sort of well uh, one of them in one of the yeah. more famous interviews in the he's got a heavier line, yeah. looking face and things like that but yes there are multiple vincent Vizquez. there's yeah. no question about that so and one know, of them in fact maybe john f kennedy it's been a pretty astonishing week and yeah and the question is will will this come out or not especially on the teleprompter reading i think i think that trump yeah. should expose that yeah i i think so too Okay, anything else we should know about? Any aliens, UFOs, things coming down? I, I hear that, again, um, the story has always been John F. Kennedy Jr. will not come forward publicly as either Vincent Fusca or John F. Kennedy Jr. Right. Until Joe Biden is out of the picture. Conversely, from a source, I heard October 17th, we're going to get JFK Jr. Whether he appears as Vincent Fusca or whether he appears as JFK Jr. Now, remember, John F. Kennedy Jr. is legally dead. Yes. Therefore, when you could say JFK Jr. is not alive, he's Vincent Fusca, but that he will come out in some public way and on the 17th. So if that's the case, then that would mean that Biden would be out of the way by the 17th of October. I Again, I'm skeptical of that. And I also hear that before the end of the month, um, towards the end of October, right, the weekend before the election, that we are probably going to get some big, big alien visitations UFO sightings UFO sightings that are going to be going to be really big I don't know how true that is but that's what I hear okay well I'm gonna let Mike go and go eat his uh pizza his leftover pizza which is what I had for dinner <laughs> from last night all right thanks Mike we'll talk to you soon again bye he's leaving there's my dog Barkley give him a pet and some pizza he'll be happy okay so yeah I I did um watched the debate last night and uh there were definitely some odd moments um certainly to see a so-called moderator in chris wallace of from so so-called fox news to see him um actually interrupting the president in fact someone did a count and trump was interrupted by wallace 70 or by wallace or biden 76 times and Joe Biden was interrupted 15 times. So um, to say that Trump was interrupting uh, Biden, I think, is a bit of a stretch. I think uh, basically he had to do that because otherwise they're going to keep cutting him off. I've never seen a moderator cut off the president of the United States before, interrupt him when he's answering a question. And there were so many times where Trump wanted to finish a thought and they, they just didn't let him. And you know what? That's not really a moderator's job. And just to let you know, you know, I'm not a big believer in the Marquise de Queensberry rules of debate, where you have this very orderly, gentlemanly thing. That's not what this is about. This um, election is about the heart and soul of our country. Are we really going to be controlled by demonic forces uh, for quite a few more years, or um, we're going to be... Uh, given the opportunity to embrace light forces, lighter energy, um, more truth, more beauty, more problem solving. The people on the dark side want to keep us in chains. The people on the light side want to set us free to make our own decisions. And um, that's really what this is about. And it's, it's kind of been personified in this election. It's been building over the last four years. And my only, my only uh, statement to all of that is if you can't see the importance of what this is about, if you think this is politics or business as usual, um, 
I think you're sadly mistaken. It is a struggle for the heart and soul of our country. I do think um, there will be violence after the election. I do think that there will be uh, a type of civil war or at least insurrection. I think it will be on the side coming from the sides of the losers. I'm pretty convinced the losers are going to be the Democrats, the left-wing people, the Antifa and Black Lives Matter people. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of that, but I think the, the good guys, the alliance, as we like to call them, are very well prepared for that situation. And um, they have a they do have a plan. They may not be in total control of every aspect of the situation at this point, but in a war, there's often chaos, even if one side is significantly ahead of the other are significantly in control of the battlefield, there can still be chaos. And I think there is quite a bit of potential chaos out there in the next few weeks. Next, what, We're almost at the end of October. Tomorrow, I think, is October 1st. So we're about four weeks out now, maybe four weeks and a couple of days to, to Tuesday the 3rd of November. I do think there's going to be a lot of attempted chaos. I think the ballot, uh, mail ballot thing, uh, is a massive fraud already. It's being exposed as a massive fraud on the American people. I don't think that's going to stand up. Um, I will talk to producer Jennifer about this a little bit later, but um, I do think there's going to be perhaps a new ballot, a new voting system put in place before the election day. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to all of this, but I do think we're heading for unrest. I hope it won't last very long. And, but again, when you watch these things, please keep in mind there is a light side and a dark side, and you should be able to figure out which is which. If you can't, uh, I really don't know what to say, except that you're going to have to be brought along by the rest of us who can see what's going on. So that's that. Um, I want to switch, switch uh, the tone a bit, a little bit here, and then come back to some other subjects. Um, on just a general sort of news type thing. I wanted to talk about a gentleman by the name of Michael Hogan. Now, if you don't know who Michael Hogan is, okay, uh, that's fine. He's an actor. He played on the um, revived Battlestar Galactica TV show, which was on the Sci-Fi Network, I believe, between 2005 and 2009. He played uh, Colonel Saul Ty, who was the second in command. He's a, he's a really, really good actor. He's a great character actor. He's also a great guy. I had a chance to meet him at a, um, a show they did here at the, well, what used to be called the uh, Experience Music Project. I don't know what they call it now. Um, Mopop or something like that. But anyway, um, I got to meet, meet him. Very friendly guy. Very funny. Uh, very easy to talk to. Well, um, he was at a convention He's, a, he's probably in his late 60s. He was in a con, at a convention uh, about six months ago, and he fell and hit his head on a table and didn't think he was injured. And as often happens uh, in these situations, he had a um, some brain bleeding and ended up in a coma in the hospital and eventually recovered most of his movement, most of his... Um, all of his memory and cognitive function. So he came out of that. But he's incurred a, a whole tremendous amount of, of, obviously, medical bills. And I contributed this week to something called the Michael Hogan Fund, which is on GoFundMe. So if you go to GoFundMe and search for 
the Michael Hogan fund, you'll find it. Um, they had a goal of $300,000. His wife set it up. They've reached the goal. They have 308,551, but you know, a little, a little bit extra never hurts. The amazing thing is it started this on September, September 20th. And if I'm not mistaken, today is just the 30s. So in 10 days, they've raised their goal. Uh, people giving small contributions and mainly they're giving these contributions because, um, like me, uh, he was on a sci-fi show. I really enjoyed, obviously, science fiction is a big part of my life. And, um, again, if you're interested, if you know who he is and you're interested in contributing, please go there. Um, they can still use, I'm sure, even above their goal, they could probably use. There's unex always unexpected expenses in these cases. So, anyway, I think he's a great guy. I had a chance to meet him. And uh, he's been on a number of shows. If you saw his face, you'll probably recognize him immediately from something that you've watched. He's one of those guys that's been around in just about everything for the last 30 or 40 years. So, I just wanted to throw that out. And, uh, again, it's GoFundMe, the Michael Hogan Fund, if you want to go contribute to that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the markets and where we are with that. And, um, I mean, let me be honest with you, the markets that I'm playing, I'm, I'm playing in the markets that I'm interested in, um, are taking a beating. The stock market may be doing okay. Um, the stock market is really a complete fraud. Actually, all of the markets are frauds. This is a question of trying to pick which ones, you, which fraud you're going to play and hopefully get it on the way up. So um, I've talked to s about silver on this show a lot. So I'm not going to, if you guys went out and bought some, I'm not going to leave you hanging on silver. It's been down. It was almost $30 a couple weeks ago. It's down now to about $23.31. That's still above where I started uh, buying it, which was around the 1st of June uh, when it was 17. Now it's 2331 so it's up from there, but down about six or seven dollars from where it probably should have been. Um, the market is still supposed to um, crack open on silver. If it ever goes to its actual value, if they, there's a rigging that goes on, there are contracts that are traded, derivatives, financial derivatives, the things that got us in trouble with the, the housing market. They do that to knock the price down so that people can sell their supposed paper silver, which isn't really, there's no actual physical silver to back it up, but they sell it anyway. Uh, JP Morgan Chase, a lot of these people, um, banking people have been involved with this and what they're trying to do right now, because everyone's asking for delivery because there is a shortage of silver right now all over the world. Um, they uh, are asking, that, that should be hopefully coming to a peak here in the next few days and certainly in the next few months. Um, today is supposed to be the delivery date for um, a lot of these banks and they've been trading. What they've basically been doing is taking trading paper contracts back and forth. So it looks like a billion ounces of silver has have changed hands in a day, but really it's nothing but paper. There's no actual silver behind it. Nothing moves out of the warehouse. It just sits there. And uh, what they're really doing is trying to cover their cut their losses. So they're doing that by driving the price down. And then um, when they sell, they're able to take a, a lesser loss than they would normally have done. But the, the losses are going to be in the in probably the high billions to low trillions for some of these entities. And we'll just see what happens with that. 
The other thing is cryptocurrencies. I've talked to you about the currency called cryptocurrency called Theta. Theta is coming to uh, markets here in the U.S. I don't know why you can't just buy it. I don't know why your state has to approve that and your federal government has to approve it. It's an American company with an American product. They have a whole blockchain infrastructure behind it. And uh, if you want to be able to buy it, you should be able to buy it. But anyway, Theta is a good one. Um, I have also um, a lot of Litecoin, L-I-T-E. Litecoin has been taking a beating the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of people um, are related or have have Bitcoin. Um, a lot of the experts I've been listening to tell us that Litecoin will eventually come to maybe one-to-one -one with Bitcoin. Um, if that's the case, then Litecoin right now is at $46.40. Bitcoin is at $10,800. So... I think you can see the potential for growth there, both in Litecoin and in this new technology called Theta, a new new coin called Theta. Um, it's definitely there. And uh, I think these are things you should look into. I'm not a financial expert. I don't play one on TV. Uh, but I think these are technologies. These are things you should look into, investments you should look into, because I think anything um, you can do in this world besides following the stock market up and down is probably a good thing. So that's my my uh, talk on that today. So I want to turn back a little bit um, to the election, and I want to bring in Jennifer Falah, my producer, Jennifer Falah Doring. Right? Very good. Very good. Very good. I got it right for once. I know. I want to say during. I don't know why I want to say during, but during Doring. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. So we did a um, uh, discussion. We had a session, I guess, kind of a psychic session a couple weeks ago, and we tried to figure out the election map. And what Jennifer kept coming up with was 389 electoral votes for Trump. Yes. And I was doing the math on how to trying to figure that out. And... Um, and we did, and I think it has Trump winning California. It has Trump winning uh, Minnesota, obviously Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, but also I think uh, Maine and New Hampshire. Did we have him? Did Trump win Nevada in that? We give him Nevada or New Mexico was the one you said looked pretty dark, or was that that was Colorado? Maybe I'm not quite sure. No, he didn't have Colorado. He had um, Arizona, I thought. Yeah, I think he's going to win Arizona. The polls have already, even the fake polls have turned around. I'd have to, I'd have to where, scroll back on our yeah on our talk, here to our find chat. It. Yeah. So, um, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on one second. Well, yeah, what we were talking about was, um, I think it was three eighty nine. Um, like a landslide. And these, I think the majority of these are... Yeah. The majority of these votes that I was getting for this electoral college were in-person votes. Yeah. Um, okay. 
And I think that's what clinches it. All right. Yeah, he did get Nevada. I'm looking at our map here. So Biden would yeah. have Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Illinois, um, Virginia, let's see, New York, Vermont, and all the little ones on the East Coast. Uh, we had yeah. Trump winning Maine. Yes. Yeah. Maine and New Hampshire, I believe, right? Because of the lobster fishing that he, yeah. he did out there. Yeah. So here's the thing. Now, I remember you asked me if there was going to be some kind of voting uh, machine. Right. New now, voting system. Interestingly enough, remember I told you three days? Yes, I remember. And I didn't that, know yeah. if three that days. was three days before the election or three days from the time you asked me, but it seemed like three days later... Right. Brad Parscale, mm -hmm. who's been um, Trump's big techie, right? Yeah. Um, has some kind of freaking episode. But if you see the police take him away, yeah, the dude just They're... rushes him and tackles him. And I, I knew right then, I'm like, why are they framing this man? And yeah, what I and thought are. was is that he's working on it just about to release something that mm -hmm. will tabulate safely the votes. So right. um, I don't know if that is a machine because I don't think there's enough time for that. I think that's a machine where um, I don't think that the average they'll have enough machines for like everybody to vote on. So right. I don't know if this is a website. It's, like it's an app. I think what I've, what I've been told is that there is an application out there. It's going to be based, again, on this uh, blockchain technology, which is what all the cryptocurrencies use. Um, it's a very diverse. It's basically there's no one main computer that you can hack that can destroy anything. So I've heard it's going to be a, an, app, an application that probably will get loaded onto your smartphone. And you'll be able to go in, give your name, your address, maybe your voter registration number, and you'll be able to safely vote right on your smartphone. And that this will blow all of the uh, ballot harvesting and all of the uh, paper, phony paper ballots completely out of the water. So it's going to be an app. I'm not quite sure how it's going to be tabulated, technology behind that, but you're right, I think. I mean, when I heard the story about Brad Parscale, I thought, well, because he was at one point, he was actually Trump's um, uh, campaign manager for the 2020 election. But yeah, I don't buy it for that. a minute. I don't buy if you've if you've seen this oh, they, guy. He yeah, is... they said he had a psychotic episode that he was no. threatening himself and his wife. And when you look at the video, he comes walking out, you know, shirt off, sunny day, beer in his hand. He's just talking to the cops and they all of a sudden they. They bull rush him, and one of the guys has an AR-15, and he's just laying on the ground going, what's going on, guys? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's the how they talk that down told. somebody who's having a psychotic episode. No, yeah, no, that's not what That's they not what they do. Uh, if, if somebody's suicidal, they sit down and say, hey, man, what's up? You know, let's talk yeah. about it. That's what they do. That was bullshit. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I agree. And where is he now? And I'm like, does Trump know about this? Um, I don't know. But they I'm took sure they him out for a reason. Sure because Trump had him take a step back from all the digital marketing. Right. Just recently to work on something else. And um, 
I think this is what he's been working on because the man's a genius when it comes to that. And I think Trump put his best guy on the job and now they just took him out. Um, So, but what what I was kind of getting is that last minute, and this might be the three day thing, last minute we're going to be notified. Right. Um, either that it's not safe to go vote or that it's not going to, we can't, you know, we're going to do it this way so that we can ensure that your signature or your, all your information matches up with your vote. I mean, cause if we right. can do our taxes online. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've got I'm all pretty this sure data. we can vote securely online. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and with block with blockchain technology, and I'm not going to ex- explain that because it's <laughs> it's really complex. But with that kind of technology, it's very hard to fake data. Um, that's one of the great things about it. So yeah, I think you're right. I think I think there is going to be a voting app, and if you don't think people can have a voting app downloaded to their smartphones, um, let me remind you that back in 2009, the the band U2 had 33 million copies of their album, No Line on the Horizon. 33 million copies of it were downloaded directly to people's iPhones. And when you woke up in the morning, you had a little alert. It said, hey, check out the new U2 album. And um, that that was 13 years ago. No, sorry, 11 years ago. So, yes, could they do this? Absolutely, they could do this. And they could do it in a very safe way, I'm sure. And I think that's what's going to break the back. Well, look at the Weather Channel fraud. app. Yeah, yeah. Look good. how many people use that. Yeah, there's many, yeah. many apps that you know the 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 Apple app. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, the what the iTunes Store, things like that. Um, email apps. I mean, look how much information mm-hmm. they can, those can hold. So, uh, Amazon app. Right. Yeah. So well, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm not going to wait for any of that. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, get my ballot and fill it out and make sure I deliver it directly um, to the post office or to a ballot center. There are ballot centers you can drop your ballot off at. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, actually, well, maybe you're something over in else, but I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do until after the election. Um but there are multiple ways to vote. And and let me just suggest, I'm not suggesting anyone uh, commit ballot fraud, but if you receive multiple ballots, um, I would suggest that you fill them both out, two, three, you fill them all out with how you want to vote. And with one of them, you send that one in. And then the others, you can write the words, the word provisional ballot in all capital letters at the top of the ballot. And their job then, the Secretary of State's office job then, is to take that provisional ballot, they will check it against their records, and if they've already counted a ballot for you, they will then destroy that one. So that's perfectly legal to file a provisional ballot. So don't be afraid to do that if you're worried about your ballot being counted now i know i know a guy a radio talk show host sports radio talk show host out of philadelphia that i follow he in pennsylvania he's received nine different ballots in the mail so this is a massive fraud what they're trying going to try to do is perpetuate this that trump didn't actually win it's not really you know you can't 
you can't vote him in as president because we don't know. They're going to try to get this to the past the inauguration date, which is usually almost always January 20th. Yeah, but what I, time. what I see They're going to try to get past that date so that Nancy Pelosi would then become acting president. Oh my God, that's That's horrific. what they would try to do. And that's, that's not going to happen. I think people will storm the gates before that happens. Antichrist. Anyway, so... Um, so you're saying, so what do you think is going to happen then when we get to all this? Has it changed at all in the last couple of weeks? I don't know. Sure. I, I have a feeling that this is kind of, for somehow in some reason, they already, they've been preparing for this for like four years. Like they've already known what's going to happen. Um, what I see yeah. for election day is basically the votes that can be there's going to be so many votes that have been verified yeah. for Trump that he's already going to have more electoral votes, but then the Democrats are going to freak out. Right. Um, oh, no, no, no. What about the mail-in? What about all these other ballots? And then they're going to him and haul around and try and find all these ballots and count them, and there's going to be... But he will have already pretty much been declared a winner you're not really not going to be able to like the average person is like well he's got like 300 and something yeah electoral votes votes. how do you argue with that but but what they're i think this technology that they have or they're going to have us use last minute is because something's going to happen and they're going to say see this is ridiculous yeah you know we don't have a country if we can't have a, a fair election and so they have and a lot of people at a convenience will say, well, yeah, I'll just use yeah. the app. And then there'll be people yeah. that don't trust it or voted person, whatever. But I think there'll be – and that's a verified vote when you vote in person. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah, all I'm saying is if you go to vote in person at a polling place, and there are places to do that, um, find yourself someplace where you can get a I'm voting for Joe sticker or a Joe Biden sticker – Put that sticker or that button on your shirt, walk in there, and if you're going to vote for Trump, vote for Trump. Um, but just don't let anybody at the polling place get any indication of who you might be voting for. That's, Unless that's you're all in I've Idaho. Got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're in Unless Idaho. Unless you're in Idaho, where the polling people would shoot you if you vote for Joe <laughs> Biden. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. I wish I lived in Idaho. My neighbor, but... two doors down. Yeah. You know, we always thought they were kind of strange, you know, but, you know, of course, uh-huh. I don't say anything, but, you know, we drive by all over Idaho. You see nothing but Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Flags everywhere. Right. Signs. Yeah. All this stuff. Drive by their house, and there's just there's a Biden sign in the front, <laughs> and people just kind of like I've like seen the cars drive by. You know, it's you know, uh, right. and they just kind of pause for a second, like, really? What the hell's wrong with that person? <laughs> what is wrong with them? <laughs> you know, it's like really, you don't see it, do you? It, it's 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 funny. I see people walk by and stop, like, like they can't comprehend, like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you have that? But, you know, hey, who knows where they came from and well, what know, they watch on TV. I live, I live obviously, in the state of Washington, which has been a very blue state. The last time Washington voted for a Republican was 1984, and that's also the last year that a Republican won was the governor. I think he actually lost in 1984. But it was 84 with Reagan when when um, a Republican won the state of Washington. And I'll be honest with you, I, I live in a, a suburb south of the city, 
and um, maybe even this may even be an excerpt, which would be a suburb of a suburb. But anyway, um, in this city, he, I am not. This is traditionally what you would call working class Democrat voters. What you would would have called them in the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, and even the '90s. It's a working class voter town. The former governor, Christine Gregoire, who, by the way, used election fraud to cheat and get elected in 2004. She's from this city. Uh, it's a very, I would say, it has been in the past. It's becoming more upscale now, but it has been a working class, um, traditionally blue collar Democrat suburb type place. Um, I've seen no Biden signs. I, I've seen nothing. I've really? seen one car with a with a tiny Joe bumper sticker. I mean, like literally a little round dot on their car. That's all I have seen. Now, there's not a lot of Trump stuff here. There is as you get a little further out or if you're, you're driving over some more um, rural roads, you see a lot more Trump stuff. Um, but not in the city, you don't see very much. But you don't see any Biden stuff either. So um, I've seen one Biden sign out here. But my thought about your area is you told me the other day that they've been voting, mail-in voting, for 10 years. That means they've yeah. been cheating on the election for 10 years. Oh. oh, sure they have. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have. It goes way back. Um, the plan, the Democrat plan, has always been you don't – it doesn't matter if you win the the count on election night. It doesn't matter if you win the recount. What matters is if you win the last count. And that's exactly in this case with Christine Gregoire. That's exactly what happened. Um, on election day, she was uh, behind. Uh, on the recount, she got closer. And then on the third one, they suddenly, and they kept finding ballots under the stairs Oh, there was a big bag of ballots under the stairs. And guess what? 1,500 votes for Christine Gregoire and none for Dino Rossi. Poor guy's name was Dino Rossi. He got cheated out of the governorship. Uh, this went on for about a month and, you know, two recounts and uh, complete fakery. And it's been going on. This is Washington's probably one of the most corrupt states in the country. Um, Illinois is really bad. Washington, we're somewhere up there. Uh, but we're not we're not the worst, but we're pretty bad. So, um, yeah, I expect um, I don't expect Washington to turn uh, this time. Maybe it will four years from now. Um, but, yeah, it's a hellhole to live in. I'll be honest. With you. Although I will say ask you one thing about Idaho. Idaho, if I'm not mistaken, has a state income tax. Yes. Is that right? Yes. That's downright on America. How much is the tax? Um, I'm not quite sure off the top of my head. A 7%? Oh my god. Oh, really? It's, not, it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's state. It's terrible. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's terrible. That's a terrible rate. Yeah. People, we should get away from income taxes as, as much as we possibly can in this country. Washington does not have an income tax. Um, it does have a, a sales tax, which is over 10% now. In, in certain localities, but it's around 10% all over the state. Oregon, just south of us, has an income tax, but they have no sales tax. Now, do you have a sales tax in Idaho as well? Yes, we do. So you got to get that fixed. Dang it. Well, here, this I'll get right on it. Run. I have to run right for on. office. <laughs> we want a psychic in the legislature in Idaho. 
I know. But we also, you know, there's also there's a lot of there's a lot of good things about Idaho. I mean, you can walk, you ride your quad like right down the street. You know, your side by side, your off road vehicles. Um, there's so many things that you can do. You can walk around with a gun on your hip. You know, you can you can do all these these things. You know, Idaho an open carry state. Yeah, it's awesome. We're the land of the free over here. We still we're like awesome. still the land of the free over here, and um, and we want to keep it that way. And people get real upset when you start infringing on that. Um, yeah, like this Moscow, yeah. Idaho. What happened? To, what God, remind me what just happened down there? Um, oh, those people were arrested for singing outside at church. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Moscow, Idaho is where the University of Idaho is. Basically, uh-huh. that entire town is a university. And that's why that right. happened. Um, that We were, like, in Idaho. We were all freaking out. Like, what the heck is going on? And we're like, oh, it's the college. Right. And so that's probably one of the only places, and maybe, maybe around Boise, you're going to find that kind of behavior. But um, most of the... You know, our governor, everybody was getting mad at him because, you know, the lockdowns and the, oh, now you got to wear a mask because he was caving into um, people telling him, you know, just trying to uh, fit in with everybody else in the country and what they're doing. And we're like, we don't want you to do that. We're not going to vote for you again. And so, you know, know what I free now. You know what I find amazing, though, is that is how many people. Um, you know, people, again, last night in the debate, they asked Trump a question of, well, you know, won't you listen to the scientists, the CDC and people like that? You know, and it's like the government scientists. And I'm like, the CDC is not part of the government. It's a private organization. OK, so it's like, why would you listen to those people? They have an agenda. And it's like a lot of these governors, even Republican ones, have caved into this. And COVID simply isn't isn't that dangerous. It hasn't killed that many people. Um, you know, remember Fauci was telling us back in March, February and March, it was going to kill two to four million people. It's killed 200,000 and almost 90% of them were elderly people. And that's sad, but they had severe other problems. And that's what COVID was aimed to do, I believe, in, in China was to take out the elderly population. That's why it was released in China, in my opinion. Yeah, Brett and I had it. Um, we got it probably from uh, Northern Quest Casino in Spokane, which is cr- right next to the airport. And you know the uh, Chinese, they love their casinos. They do. And, you know, God bless them. They do love their casinos. Yeah. They well, we, we went, you know, we used to go there for the crab night and all that, you know. And um, yeah. so we, he got this this nagging cough and he was like a fever and really sick and everything. And, you know, he blew through it in like a week and and but there's only a few days where he's really bad. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get it. I'm good. It was like exactly a week after he got sick that I got it. I had a cough. I mean, the worst part of it, I felt pretty bad for like a couple weeks. I don't know if I had fevers or not because I'm like going through menopause and I get hot flashes. So maybe that killed killed some of it. But um, I take a lot of supplements, a lot of vitamins, teas, oils, things like that. So, um, I remember that at one point I started feeling it in my lung. I started feeling this right. little, like, 
coughing in my lung, but there wasn't a lot of phlegm. You know, it was like this dry cough. And I'm like, this isn't regular uh, bronchitis. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, else, is this something bad? But but then I started, I'm like, I started taking raw honey four times a day. It was a spoonful of it four times a day for my cough because it was a hacking cough. I mean, my ribs, I think I injured my rib from coughing so much. I'd have to hold a pillow against my chest to cough. But other than that, I was fine. And I got rid of it. With I started taking the raw honey four times a day. And after about three or four days, I felt a lot better. And the cough was starting to go away. So I stopped. Then it came back. So I did it for another four days, and it was gone. And um, But I had all the symptoms, every one of them. They, even the smell and the taste. I was sitting at the dinner table one night, and I'm like, could you guys taste this? Did I did I forget to season this? They're like, yeah, it tastes great. I'm like, can you smell this? <laughs> really? Yeah. You couldn't smell it. It was wow. weird. Um, but it was, it was, I, there was that one second there, you know, one day where I'm like, hey, I'm kind of getting a little scared about this. This is getting pretty rough, you know? But then yeah. just that raw honey, man, that they found jars of raw honey in the pyramids that were still good. That's how antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral, I think it is. Yeah. It's amazing. So, but that was before they even started talking about it. Um, that was, I think we got the first wave of it. They, they came in right. through Seattle right. Airport, and they probably started, um, and a lot of people will go to Spokane Airport and then go off somewhere else, like Vegas or wherever. And yeah. I think people that were at the airport got it from there, went to the casino, because it's a nice place to stay out there, and right. we got it. And then my kids got it, but they didn't have the same symptoms as I did. Um, yeah, I mean, kids don't, the, the rate for kids. Well, they're teenagers, but they, they felt crappy. I mean, Basically up until about age 69, the, the potential rate of death is like 0.003%. It's only when you include anything over the age of 69, 70 and above that you end up getting even like half a percent. It's, this is not killing people. So, in, in any great numbers, that's the bottom line. Yeah, I didn't have any trouble um, breathing. I could, I, I, I could see where if I like focused on it really hard, I might trip out on it and think that I was. Right. Right. But um, the kids just felt like a train, you know, a train hit them and they were down for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting, though, is that I had a friend um, or a friend of a friend, a woman I know who works on a convention and lives in Montana, and um, she had all the signs of COVID back in March, I believe it was, March or April, all the signs of it, and she went and got tested, and they came back and said, uh, no, you don't have COVID, you just have regular pneumonia, as if that's easy, it's not easy, I mean, it's hard, but she had all the signs, but she didn't have COVID, so I think people could have gotten sick and and not had COVID. There was, I believe, a pneumonia floating around as well. There always is every year. So. Eh, I, I, I'm, I've paid attention, and I've listened yeah. to all the symptoms, and as a mom, I always do that. I, I 
obsess, I, you know, I collect information, what symptoms you have, blah, 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 blah. I try to assess what the family has, who's going to get it next, how, you know. And I really, when it started coming out, I started putting pieces together and I'm like, everybody in town had this thing. Everybody we talked to had it. Luckily, yeah. my parents didn't get it. They live way up in the mountains. And, um, but I remember everybody talking about it. And then after that, when the rest of the country, everybody was getting it, uh, up, we, over here in Idaho, we didn't have any cases. And I'm like, and I'm screaming from the rooftops, it's because we already had it, you know, <laughs> and nobody listens to me. Um, but this was. Well, have you ever, get, have you ever gotten in, tested? Have you ever gotten tested for it? No, but I bet you 50 bucks if I go in yeah. and get an antibody right. test, I have them. Right. Uh, I just know. I didn't yeah. go and get tested. Um, I haven't gone to give blood, or I, I don't know where to go. I would love to go to get an antibody test. Yeah, yeah, I've got to go give blood. I'm supposed to do that um, on a regular basis every three or four months, and I'm probably overdue to do that. So um, I need to go do that as well. Um, so last couple minutes here before we end what um is there anything else on your mind that maybe we should be aware of in the next couple of days or the weeks leading up to the election anything else we should look for let's ask what talk about what mike asked or mike said and that is that um the uh the con the fact that there might be um a major ufo sighting that can't really be be uh you know, debunked before the election. Well, in the chaos after, I, I don't want people to feel as though everything's going to go to hell uh, as right. soon as the election's over. Um, you're just going to see more activity on TV. Um, and most people are going to be set away from the, the action, right? Um, you might lose power. Um, I would... Definitely, if you kept your house stocked all this time, keep it stocked for a few more months. Yeah, just I in agree case. With that. Uh, but don't panic. You know, um, <clears throat> I would avoid large cities. Um, yeah, and I would too. As far as let me ask, let's see. Okay. Okay, you're going to actually see some strange things going on a couple to three months after the election. You're going to see some strange things in the news. So keep your, watch the news. Keep your um, eyes open because there's going to be some things that could be easily explained away and then but the evidence is going to be like, but we all saw yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. The preponderance of evidence is going to be Yeah. Let me ask you this question and maybe you can get an answer from um, Gabriel or one of the angels. Um I've heard that there is a group called the Alliance, and a lot of people that are in the Q movement talk about that, the Alliance. And I've heard that the Alliance is a combination of um, what we would call white hats or good guys in Westerns, white hats in the military, in government, in different countries around the world, including, I've heard, China and Russia and other governments, uh, India, but also that there are some extraterrestrials extraterrestrial humans um in uh, involved in the alliance do you think that that's true um let me see yes 
It four. is true. I got the number four. So what, what do you mean? Four extraterrestrials or four Could four be four races. extraterrestrial races. Could be four extraterrestrial four races. Four races, he said. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. there's... There has to be, he says, because this is a global effort, really, that's been, uh, because our co- our country is open enough to have this kind of communication, and it's kind of the hub, um, we have to initiate all of this. It has right. to happen here because we have the freedom to do it. Um, what I'm seeing are um, upper-level high, high, high security clearance, but these people are still working. They're stationed within, like, the Pentagon and places like this. They're, like, totally incognito. Like, people have no idea that this is a Q person or a alliance person. So, and he's saying that's the way it has to be. Um, So there's informants. Um, they're basically informants. They're, they're trying to keep the public informed somewhat so that there isn't a mass panic. So this they, right. had, they had to um, spread enough information to keep the fabric of society together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're not going to find out. I mean, we're talking, these are levels of clearance above the levels of clearance that you think are the highest yeah yeah there are there are last time i read there are 18 levels higher than than top secret okay that that makes sense then, because that's what he's showing higher me. than top secret and, and the he's showing only me like on the 13th level so yeah, yeah so it's like he's showing me a building that has many different floors that you didn't even know were there and like yeah. you've got one guy here and one guy over here and one guy over there on these different levels so, yeah, it's real. It's real. Okay, well, look, we're up against the clock. It's almost 7, so I want to kind of uh, wrap things up. Thanks, Jennifer, for your insights. I want to thank Mike Barra for the conspiracy update, and I hope everybody has a good week. I think we will hopefully we'll see you again next week with some interesting stuff to report on. I think the next three, four weeks are going to be a little crazy. I think that... Um, we're in a time, 2020 is the beginning of a transition year, a beginning of a transition period that I think is probably going to last three or four years. And I think 2020 is going to be the worst of it. We're going to get things are going to get a lot better after the election and a lot better after the first of the year. And we're going to see a lot of these things turning around. But I think the next few few weeks and months, uh, the next six months for sure, are going to be very interesting indeed. So we'll wrap it up. We'll talk with you guys again next week. Thanks for listening. Um, This is Out on the Edge Radio with Dave Barra. And I'm just saying good night to everybody. Have a good evening. Have a good week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Good night. Mm -hmm.